0: If God is saying I was valuable then, I'm still valuable now because I'm valuable because he has placed his son inside of my heart to live and dwell. So I know who I am. Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Fear will change you why so he I said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. But when we allow fear to come in, fear is a changer. It's a game changer. Because what God calls you to do, he says, the just shall live by faith. But when fear comes, we don't live by faith. We live by what it looks like. We live by what it sees and how we can add it up and if it's going to work. That's, that's fear. So it changes the game and it brings you out of the will of God. Because the Bible says the just shall, which means you will live by faith. And the moment that you don't, you're living by fear. God says, I need you to know that I never change. What I asked the apostles and the forefathers to do, don't think that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not I'm asking you to do it. I asked them to do something. I asked them to lay down their lives. I asked them to give up everything. I asked them to bear a cross. Don't think that I'm not asking you the same thing. And he didn't leave us by ourselves. He didn't give you instructions to do his will and then not empower you to do it. He says, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I didn't give you the spirit of fear. But what I did give you was power, love, which leads to a sound mind. I don't know about any of you. If you have been in fear? When you're in fear, you don't have a sound mind anxiety attacks is nothing but fear manifesting itself we look we look for a lot of demons and everything else to be blah, head turning spitting up pea soup rolling around on the floor, but we don't realize that sometimes that a spirit of fear overtakes us for no reason. When we're driving down the street or when we're sitting in the house and or when, when we're just doing anything, and all of a sudden the spirit of fear comes and, you know, presses, depresses, and it, and it comes upon us. Sometimes it possesses us, and it gets us to this place that we don't have a sound mind because we're so focused on fear. Fear of what? I don't even know. I'm just afraid. I don't know why my heart's beating out of my chest. I don't know why I can't move. I, I don't know why I don't feel like going outside. I don't know why. What if? God says stuff to you, and he wants you to say yes. Yes. Fear speaks to you and desires you to say, "What if?" When fear speaks, you go, "Well, what if?" That you know there's fear. I'm going out my house. we are going out my house. Say, "But what if?" And then that "what if," well, I'm just not going to do that. It's fear. But God said, I've given you power. And when he's given us power, that means he's placed something in us. And what he's putting in us is his spirit. Now, I need you to understand his spirit wasn't something that was in his pocket. He goes, here, I give you this jewel. Put it in your pocket. It's going to protect you like we see on the movies. Wear this chalice around your neck. (laughs) Don't we do it? I got a necklace on right now. (laughs) It's my Jesus piece. Right. Watch this, though. That's not who the Spirit of God is. It's God himself who says, I have desired to come and dwell in you. We heard a wonderful message yesterday. This dude was talking about a tent and, and we, these earthly tents are just temporary places. But then I began to think is that God desired to dwell with us in our temporary place to prepare us to dwell with him in an eternal place. He says, listen, he goes, look, I'm going to come live with you now and I'm going to help you live in this temporary wilderness that's called the world and these bodies are just for now and are tense and I'm going to come live with you. But guess what? There's one day you're going to come live with me. But they're going to have a lot of things. They're going to face you. And fear is your greatest enemy. Fear is telling you you're not who you say you are, that God says you are. It's Fear. We don't know who we are. We don't know our worth. We don't know our value. We are allowing the enemy to give us value. And he looks at each one of us and no you're not, Mm-mm, you ain't no, you ain't good enough. Okay, you no 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 there's nobody in here good enough. But then we look and God says, "No, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made." I have formed you with my own hands, drawn you out of me. I have set you in high places. See, when God begins to speak, you can't understand. Look, we're fasting right now. And some of us are are fasting and we're doing stuff corporately. But what are we praying personally? We get up in the morning at six o'clock in the morning, and, and maybe you know, twenty-five of us, maybe thirty of us have been praying corporately, and that's that's all we've been doing. That's our prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been fasting and praying. No, you've been you've been starving and listening to a phone call. If after this week you haven't gotten some revelation, something's wrong. <laughs> know your worth. Turn to second Corinthians four and seven. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to hurry this up, if God allows me. Four and seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. We have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. So what's in me isn't in me to make me look good. What's in me is to make God look good. So it's almost better if what on the outside doesn't bring too much attention but I'll let what's on the inside bring more of the attention. I met a beautiful woman yesterday, and I just had a feeling I knew her. I, I, I just, I really had this feeling that I knew her. Thank you. And she goes, I just had that kind of face, and I looked at her and I said, There's something inside of you. I said, I just want to hug you. She goes, Thank you. She hugged me. I said, I can't put my finger on it. There's something in you that has drawn me, drawing me to you. So I left her alone. Then later on I, I, I go and speak to her. And she was. She's a woman of God. Very meek, very quiet in spirit. But there was something in her that drew me to her that was obviously, didn't have nothing to do with her. She looked very plain, very common, very normal. But there was something about her. There was a light that was shining, that my spirit man picked up on, and I wanted some of it. And when I hugged her, now maybe you're not catching these words that I'm saying, is that she looked common. And this is the way that they described our Lord Jesus. He he didn't look like we see him on the TV all handsome and and standing and walking. No, he looked common. He said, you couldn't He looked like an ordinary person, but there was something about him because there was something on the inside of him that brought glory to God and not to himself. And as I begin to think that God wants to put something valuable in an earthen vessel, I got to wrap my mind around this. I'm trying to think when I have something valuable, which I do, I, I like to lock it away in someplace safe. I'll put it in a safe, two-inch thick steel, sentry safe, put it in there, something valuable, something that nobody can come in and break in and steal it. But God chose to use something as frail as me and you to place something so valuable in, which is you, he placed and put his spirit inside of us, inside of us. We usually look for something strong, something fortified. We take valuable stuff to the bank. But God took his priceless spirit and put it into weak and broken things. You ever wonder why people that uh, got it together ain't got the spirit? God God only imparts his spirit in broken things. He said, "Look, I, I didn't come. I've come for the poor, the poor. I've come for the sick. The people that are well don't need a doctor. So when we think we got it all together, and we're full of ourselves, then you can't be full of the spirit of God. God will use weak and broken things like us to put His spirit in. His spirit in. See the content." of a package will determine its value. The contents of a package will determine its value. See, sometimes we tend to focus more on the package than on its content. It doesn't matter how beautiful the package is, how strong the package is, how great the package looks, if there's nothing in it, it's still empty and worthless. This is the reason why a lot of Christians don't even know they're worth something. Because they don't know what their content is. They don't realize who's inside of them. See, when we are empty, we're worthless. So we focus more on beautifying the package so it will be accepted and nobody will notice how empty we are. Let me build this up so people don't realize how I'm just an empty person. You guys ever met really beautiful people? Dang, can I do this? Should I? What's the name? Kim, Kim Burrell did it. I mean, I might as well <laughs> get on news too. <laughs> I'll be honest, I ain't gonna go on that issue, but I'm just saying, put people on blast. There's a lot of beautiful people that are out there, and you talk to them for 10 minutes and you see how empty they are. They will spend tens of thousands of dollars on surgeries, enhancements, and empty. I see pastors. I see pastors do it. They'll get degrees, more degrees than a thermometer. Make sure that they are a doctor. They, I think they got a new it, after your doctorate. You, you, it's like elite doctor now. So you know, I'm the elite doctor elect. Post, pastor pastor prelate bishop. Empty. Because we focus more on the packaging instead of focusing more on the content. (laughs) Uh, I was sitting there. I just read this. I didn't know I wrote that. I'm going to read it. It says, have you ever met gift wrap people? People just gift wrapped. Look good. I forget the game that we played during Christmas where you get a trick gift and you wrap it in a really nice box. My mother-in-law can wrap some gifts. I seen Sister Margo wrap some gifts too. She, she can wrap some gifts. But I tell you what, she can go out there and get a handful of dirt and put it in a box and make it look pretty, give it to you. You'll look at the gift, you'll be oh thank you so much. Beautifully wrapped gift. It's wrapped so good. The, the kind of wrapped r- so good take 10 minutes to unwrap it because the bow's tight and the ribbons. Because they use expensive stuff to wrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lots of tape. <laughs> Finally get in the box and it's dirt. Man, God, I'm trying to check the time. We do that in relationships. We get with somebody, oh, man, I love them. They look so nice. They're so great. And the thing is that they took so much time in gift wrapping themselves that it's hard to get to the inside. You, you, you start tearing and pulling, because, but they're wrapped so tight, it's, it's hard to get in to find out what's really on the inside. And, and it takes, after a year or so, everybody's looking at you going, man, just shake the box. You, you can tell it's light. There's nothing in it. Shake it. But while your friends are yelling and screaming at you, you're like, no, I am just want to get to the gift. And, and then you're taking all this time. And because you invested so much time in working and getting in the box, when you find out there's dirt in it, you just are happy with the dirt. We all got friends like that? You spent the last year opening up that package. <laughs> As soon as you found out it was dirty, you should have praised God and kicked that box to the side and went on. You got more time. Trust me. Do <laughs> you guys remember when flats? Okay, some of you guys don't. Let me talk to some people my age. Remember when flat screens came out, y'all? You remember flat screens? Man, flat screen, what you mean? 50 inches? And it ain't big? You can put it on the wall? I remember when they came out. And that was the thing. They were super expensive. But one day, I get a phone call from my partner. He's like, hey, man, you need to run up here to the mall. Dude outside. (laughs) Dude's outside selling flat screens. $300. I was like, $300? I said, man, don't buy it. He goes, man, the box, it's wrapped. It's heavy. It's all good. I said, man, don't buy it. He said, dude, I'm buying two. And if you're watching, you know who you are. (laughs) Mike Johnson. (laughs) So I get to his house, we get to his house. He opens up the box, I'm watching him open up the box. Big old box, It it was wrapped, looked factory wrapped and everything. Opened it up and out came bricks. What got me was how upset he was. I'm gonna go find it. What? I, I, where they at? Doing all this stuff, right? I'm like, why are you upset? First of all, you knew you were doing something illegal to begin with. Two, you didn't listen. Somebody say, listen. There are times that are people in your life that are letting you know that you're gonna get the wrong package. You better listen. I said, man, you doing, uh-uh. I said, so look, you just might as well chalk that one up to the game. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, Mike. Um, <laughs> empty things are worthless, and worthless things become trash. You got friends that are trash? Okay, I won't say friends. People you know. <laughs> hmm? Do you? We got People, especially... Trash, mm-mm, don't mess with them, they trash. Mm, they trash. You know why they're trash? Because they don't have any value. Somewhere in their life, nobody told them how important they are. And the funny thing is, if anybody that hangs around you is trash, what does that say about you? I pick up trash around my house. He said, i do it for a living. He's a garbage man. <laughs> but that's an analogy because garbage men are supposed to pick up trash and, 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 and the stuff that people don't want. And that sounds so much like Jesus. I think he, he was a carpenter, but he's also a garbage man because he goes around taking up things that, that, that other people don't want, that people deem important and they don't want it anymore and used up and thrown away. God says, no, I could use this. Matter of fact, this is what I want to use. And that's the whole thing, is what a lot of people count worthless is because they have an ideology of what's going on in the world and not what the Bible says about us. I remember when I got saved, well, when I truly got saved, I got an iPhone. And those of you that have iPhones, you guys know that iPhones come in really nice boxes, really strong boxes. Anything Mac comes nice boxes. I got boxes, empty boxes at my house because they're just such nice wrapping. But the truth of it is, the packaging is really worthless. Once I took out my iPhone, it was worthless. What really made the package worth anything was what was in it. And the moment you take out what was in it, you take that out, it becomes trash. But I can make that packaging worth something again. I could just put my iPhone back in it. I could put my MacBook back in it. And it'll make it valuable again. See, without Christ in our lives, we're worthless. We, we don't We're not going anywhere. We're trash. It's it's just honest. But when we get Christ into our lives, we become valuable because he is that treasure in these earthen vessels. He's the one that gives us worth. Believe it or not, a lot of us treat ourselves as empty packages and worthless. We make ourselves trash and we'll just give ourselves away to anything and anybody we give Um, into any situations or circumstances because we don't know our value. We have to know our value to keep us from getting in in those places. And I am truly amazed on how God would choose somebody like me, in spite of all my flaws and imperfections, he would choose somebody like me to even preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I know I have some problems and I have some issues and need tissues, but God still condescends to use me. Y'all know what condescend means? It means to waive one's privilege of rank or authority to do something. Which means, you know, usually a king wouldn't come down and deal with his subjects. He would send somebody to go deal with his subject because he's the king. Because I don't have to do that. I'm the king. I got people that will do that. I'm the king. And I could send an angel. I'm a king. I could send a prophet. I'm a king. I can send a a messenger. But God says, no, I'm a king and I will condescend. I'm not sending anybody. I'm coming myself. I waive my right as a king. I waive my right and privilege as Lord of Lords to step down out of heaven and come down and dwell and live in you. God waived his right of, of, of perfection. He waived his right of purification, and he waived his right of majesty to use somebody as messed up as me and you. I need some honest people in here that know they messed up. Any messed up people in here? Is there any grateful people in here that know they got some issues, but God is still on your side? I'm not where I, I, I should be, but I ain't where I used to be but God still wants to use me. (laughs) Sometimes we got to look back where God brought us from and thank God that I'm not there no more. I may be a foot away from where I was last year, but at least I'm a foot ahead. I got some kind of progress. Don't judge me. Because I only made a foot. God's still working on me. And I, nah, you ain't got to be a prophet for me to look and look at all y'all and know God's still working on you too. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, God will use you when you're messed up. He'll use you when you're confused. He'll use you when you're fighting to get somewhere where God has called you to be. He will empower you. He will, he will entrust you during your struggle. He'll, God will, will wait on you until you get it together. He ain't gonna force you, but he'll wait on you. Just don't keep him waiting too long. (laughs) But God will use you right where you are to make you what he wants you to be. The Bible states in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of hands. Stir up the gift that is in you. A lot of times when we feel worthless, it's not about what you do to make you feel valuable. It's about knowing who's in you that will give you value. It's not about what I go out and do. You know, people are like, I'm going to go out and impact the world. I'm going to make change. I'm going to do this. That doesn't make you valuable. What makes you valuable is to know that you have content. And that content is the king. He didn't give you a chalice, a Jesus piece to put around your neck. He said, I'm going to come live in you. I'm going to come dwell in you. So I can help you and empower you, guide you and lead you. And since the King, the one that is, that is worth everything, that owns everything in this land, if He's in you, then that means you're valuable too. See, to stir something up in you, you have to you have to realize that it's it was kind of like what happened. You know, we're fasting right now, and praise God, and we're losing a lot of things as we're fasting. You know, strongholds are being broken. Things are being broken off of us. But when we break things off of us, a lot of times what it does isn't the fact that, oh, I'm free, I can run. A lot of times it helps us see who we are in Christ. I began to see today just the stronghold that I never knew was there, that, God, you're consistent. I've heard songs, I've heard preaching, and I've heard it all my life as my... My saved life about God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But somehow, some way today, my eyes were open. My eyes of revelation and understanding were open that he's consistent. He never changes. And if he's never changed, if God is saying I was valuable then, I'm still valuable now because I'm valuable because he has placed his son inside of my heart to live and dwell. So I know who I am. And nobody, no devil in hell, no person on this earth can take away my value. No man, no woman, no job, no situation, no education, no title or position can tell me or take away my value. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit TheBuildingCF.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.